right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Of The Steel Guitar Podcast with your host, Cole. I hope you guys are doing well. And I have a question that was sent in for the Q&A. However, it was such a great question that I could not justify answering it in just a small 10-minute conversation, I guess, of saying, you know, this, this, and this. I just couldn't do it because there's just too much face value, too much uh, too much elements that you really have to think about. And this question I've asked on the podcast, metaphorically, I always joked about it because I'm like, yeah, one day I'll answer this question. And somehow I got conned in doing it because I'm like, well, someone's asked the question. I feel like it deserves to be answered now. And uh, this is a tough question. It's probably the toughest question that most people... If you would go up to any country, fan, artist, whoever, and you go up to them and be like, all right, this question right here, you ask it, they just look at you and be like, are are you serious? Why are you even asking me this? Why are you even asking me this? And, of course, the question that I'm alluding to is who would be on the Mount Rushmore of country music? So four people, four spots, and that... Is where it's at. You got four people, and everybody's Mount Rushmore is different. Somebody's might have Alan Jackson on it. Some people would have it on, have a, uh, uh, Ernest Hub on it. Some people would have Joe Diffie on it. Man, there's so many. I don't know, and that's why this is going to have to have a particular criteria, man. Turn the page over for my notes, really fancy like, which I have no notes. So I'm just I'm about to write them down. So, the criteria for this episode is so valuable. It's what we're going to be able to sit here and be like, okay, what, who, how, when? There, this criteria is going to be able to answer any question. And of course, this is all. This is going to be debated for everybody. Is everybody's is different, and that's the hard part about it, and that's the great part about it as well, because everybody's answer is not going to be the same, because everybody wasn't influenced by the same person. So, number one criteria for me personally is how well they follow the three pillars plus instrumental. That is my first criteria. And these are all equally weighted. This, there's not like number one's not like more than number two, right? It's all weighted the same. Number two would be uh, so number two probably would be the relatability of the lyrics to the common working man, the fellow American, whatever. Number three, their songwriting. Their songwriting, right? If they wrote their own songs that holds a little bit more uh, regard in me because there's just something more about writing your own songs, man, and being able to sing those songs that holds a very hard particular value. And on top of that, if other people cover that song, I don't feel like you should be thrown underneath the pile, essentially, right? There's no way that you can sit here and say, hey, this song was written by this guy, but this guy covered it and made it famous. There's no reason that you should 
not think about the person that wrote the song and be like, you know, that holds a very high place in country music lore. So therefore, the songwriter should be thrown in that conversation. So songwriting, number four, influence on other future artists. So how other people have took songs of that particular artist, listened to them, and how it either got them into country music, they covered them a lot, they get covered a lot, whatever. Um, let's see, man. Number five. I'm trying to make as decent criteria as I can so I can make this as easy to analyze as for me as possible because it's still going to suck so bad. And I loathe the person that asked me this question. How dare you? No, I'm kidding, Anthony. You're cool. I just, I never really sat here and thought about it. And that's the crazy thing is I'm coming into this not having a Mount Rushmore. I come into this room with no criteria and no Mount Rushmore. I'm doing it on the fly because I don't want to sit here and think, okay, I want to put this person, this person, this person, this person, this is why, and then just record it and say, nope, it's good. I will really want to sit here and let you understand the struggle. I at least need five criteria. Um, I would say, God, I hate saying this, but... In regards of in regards to number one hits, right? I feel like that has to be something. Like number one hits. Okay, let's not just say number one hits. We'll say uh, number one hits slash popularity, because there's a lot of songs that were number one that held number one for a while, and other songs got overlooked. One of the famous instances that I and shocked to this day is Silver Wings, as it's one of my favorite Merle songs, but yet it never reached number one because other songs were more popular at the time, which was a really hard time to get a number one song back in the day. It really was. So, yeah. Alrighty here. So that's five. Six. Hmm. Six. I mean, that's five solid criteria. Because you got instrumentals and philosophy. You got the lyrical part of it. So the relatability of the lyrics. Songwriting. Influence on future artists. Um, hits and popularity. Honestly, I feel like that's a good criteria. So we have four spots, man. Quattro. And that's so difficult to fathom. Trying to sum up country music and four people on a mountain of stone or granite or whatever Mount Rushmore is made out of. Talk about tough. Because you got people like the Highwaymen. You know? That's really tough to do. And I think the only logical thing to do is to make two Mount Rushmores. And you'll have to hold on to me. I know that's kind of breaking the rules here. But I, I absolutely have to do this. Two Mount Rushmores. Four people. We have a male Mount Rushmore. And we have a female Mount Rushmore. Okay? I think that's the most honest way that I can cut it down the line. Because if we are comparing, you know, so many great 
artist, it's going to feel absolutely awful to leave someone off like Patsy Cline or, or Dolly Parton because they're just... They would just be almost erased by, literally, if you look down the line. These are people just off the top of my head that I can think of that are male. George Jones, Johnny Cash, Whaley, Whaley, Waylon, Willie, Merle, Tim McGraw, Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks, Hank Williams Sr., Hank Williams Jr., David Allen Coe, Johnny Paycheck. You see what I'm saying? And then you have people like Patsy Cline, Shania Twain, some people would say Taylor Swift, which that's going to be kind of a hard debate in itself. Um, Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn, there's June Carter. There's so many artists that would be essentially erased if I didn't include two separate Mount Rushmore. So that's what we're going to do. You can fight me on it, but that's what we're going to do. So we're going to start with the easier one for me, and that would be the female, female Mount Rushmore. And... This will be my first person on there, and of course, each person holds a different criteria, right? There's, there, there's a. Each person holds the equal value on the Mount Rushmore. I might want to say like this head's bigger than the the other. So this is where we're at, right? First person that I'm picking, and this is a hot take. It really is, because there's four spots for this Mount Rushmore. And one of them's not going to be one that most people would consider, you know, the most popular. But I have to go June Carter. Yes, you heard me right, June Carter. Now, June Cash, June Carter Cash, whoever you want to say. And the reason that I say this is the female and the male Carter family, they hold a prestigious, deep-rooted influence in country music. And I feel like the most popular out of those has to be June because she was married to two very prestigious artists who she helped influence musically, Charlie Rich and Johnny Cash, of course having problems in their love life, but... She's prestigious when it comes to country music. So I find it incredibly hard to discredit or disvalue her influence on country music because, guys, this shouldn't be a shocker to you, but Johnny Cash is probably going to make it on my Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. And there's no shot that I feel like without June's influence on Cash, he may still be on the Mount Rushmore, but he wouldn't be able to be like a definite and be like, yes. Because there was certain spots in his career that he got off the rails and she was able to rein him back in. Of course, that's been documented through literature, through movies and whatnot, right? But that's where we're at here. And I feel like June Carter definitely deserves a spot on that Mount Rushmore. So if I'm looking at the criteria, her songs, Three Pillars and Instrumental, Absolutely checks that boundary for me. Lyrical aspects. This is tough for me because that's one thing that I will say is female country singers have never always been my cup of tea. It's never been something that I can relate to. And I put that mainly on modern day female country singers because their songwriting and older country songwriting, they hold kind of the same values, but the lyrical aspect of it is just different to me, right? 
And I feel like you have to sit there and think about this in the regards of her lyrics do hit me a little bit stronger than the newer lyrical aspects of country music. So songwriting, of course, she I believe that she wrote majority of her songs. Songwriting, I don't really know. That one's a kind of a mystery for me, right? That's a star. Influence on future artists. I feel like majority of people that have been influenced by Johnny Cash have a they have a certain if they were influenced by Johnny Cash, I feel like June Carter was also a part of that influence. And I feel like majority of people that are country music fans or artists to this day have listened to Johnny Cash and appreciate Johnny Cash. So, that's where I'm at with that. So, I think June Carter, with her popularity, with her influence, with her pillars and instrumental, plus being a part of one of the most prestigious families in country music history, has to be on the female Mount Rushmore. Number two, this shouldn't be a shocker for anybody, Dolly Parton has to be on that Mount Rushmore. I mean, by God, she has her own theme park in Tennessee. She's got her own restaurant. She's got her own freaking... Dude, I literally help run grocery. I, I work in produce. And I help run grocery. And she has her own freaking cake mix and icing here. I mean, what else is more Southern than baking a cake with, Dar with Dolly Parton on the face of it? <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that you can say to me that would discredit Dolly Parton being on there because her influence on future artists almost outweighs everybody else on the regards of country music. Her influence on female country singers and male country singers is astronomical. It is huge. There's no way you can discredit that. And I think that one thing that we do not give her credit for is how long she was able to stay that way. Be able to be prestigious and have that influence on the radio. And then, of course, she would have amazing collaborations with other artists like for instance, one that always comes to mind for everybody is Islands in the Stream with Kenny Rogers and her. That song was number one forever, man. Forever. And that song's amazing, but I think of other ones like When I Get Where I'm Going by Brad Paisley, having her in it. She's collaborated so well. And I feel like it'd be doing absolutely the disservice of country music lore and history if I did not put Dolly Parton on the Mount Rushmore. And I, like I said, everybody has a equal value on this Mount Rushmore, in my opinion. And that is what this is. It's my opinion. This is not just pure factual. Like, everybody's Mount Rushmore will be different. And I respect anybody else's Mount Rushmore. But this is where I'm at. So, number two for me has to be Dolly Parton. Alright? Number three. Number three is kind of when it starts to close in. It's really easy for those first two country artists, right? It's really easy because you get like the two toss-ups. The three toss-ups. The last three, or the last two are usually the ones that are toughest for me. 
Okay, so Patsy Cline, I would say, would be number three. And I would say she's number three because, well, I mean, she holds those three pillars of instrumental. She's a lyrical genius, her songwriting. She was very influential. She was probably the biggest female country star at the time before she had her demise in the plane crash in the 60s. And, you know... This is where I have to draw the line, I think. Uh, I just pretty much condemned Taylor Swift because she swapped over to the pop genre, right? Well, I would say that Patsy Cline did the same thing. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting uh, conniption here. So can I really hold Patsy Cline hostage because she did not do all country music and not hold Taylor Swift to it. Okay, gotta call an audible. As much as this hurts to say, I'll take uh, I'll have to take Patsy Klein out because if I'm gonna hold Taylor Swift to that regard, I gotta hold Patsy Klein to that regard. So yeah, I believe that's what I'm gonna do. And I guess by default, that would probably put Tammy Wynette. In three for me, because Tammy Wynette is just like June Carter. She's influential with George Jones. They were married for, I think, five years. However, they were like the power couple of the 70s, giving a rise to Johnny Cash and June Carter, right? And not only with that influence of George Jones, but she was an amazing artist in her own right. I think, yeah, I think Tammy Tammy Wynette most definitely should be in there. And that leaves the last spot. The last spot, man, is going to suck because I got to choose between two artists that most definitely deserve it. It's always the hardest part. And like I said, this Mount Rushmore could change anytime. And you ask me tomorrow, it could change. So the two that I'm thinking of right here off the top of my head, you got Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter, man. Of course, that movie set her on the fast track of being the superstar of country music. She was the first female country superstar of country music. Patsy Cline was getting there. However, she tragically passed away in that plane crash. So Loretta Lynn kind of took that and she ran with it. And she did an amazing job. She had so many number one hits. I think she had around 23, 24 Let's see. I think it was 24. Yeah, 24 number one hits. And uh, she just passed away not too long ago. And then Reba, she sold 75 million records. And not only has she placed 100 singles in the Billboard Hot Country song chart, but she has 25 singles that reached in the top 100. So 25%. Of those 100 reach number de uno. And not only top of that. She also was on Reba for six seasons. And she's also been in movies. She's performed the Oscars twice. Songwriting is exceptional. Her lyrical aspects. Amazing. Three Pillars and Instrumental. Absolutely. The number one hits in popularity. And the influence on future artists is the only part where Reba, I would say, would fall short compared to Loretta Lynn. 
So by the criteria that I have set, and like I said, this could change literally any day, I would have to give it to Reba McIntyre. So that is the female Mount Rushmore. And that was the easy one. The hard one is going to be the four male Mount Rushmore. So here we go. Alright, like I said, the female should have been the easiest, but I think it's going to be the hardest because I'm really just talking about the female one. So here we go. Alright, for number one, I think the easiest pick off this would have to be Hank Williams Sr. I feel like it's just the obvious slam dunk, three-pointer to win the game, half-court shot to win the game. Hank Williams Sr. has to be it. He is the one, the only, Hank Williams Sr., the one that everybody has listened to who has made country music what it is. And I feel like it'd be a disservice if I did not put Hank Williams Sr. on this list. Now, if there is someone that is country music to the core, to the boots, to the roots, who lived it, who loved it, it was Hank Williams Sr., Three Pillars and Instrumental, by God, he is the staple. Lyrically, I mean, an artist, a pure artist of the pen in regards to songwriting as well. But lyrically, it hits hard. Even to this day, he may have been 80, 90 years away from where we are right now. But by God, the man knew what he was talking about because them songs still hit the same today, don't they? Influence on future artists, literally, there's probably not a soul that hasn't been influenced, right? There's not a soul that hasn't been influenced by him, even if it was second-handly. Without Hank, Merle probably wouldn't have wrote the way that he did or sang the way he did, and it moves on. So the influence of Hank Williams Sr. is absolutely Gotta be number de uno on the Mount Rushmore. All right, number two for me has to be Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, songwriting, lyrical genius on. He is an amazing Three Pillars instrumental. Number one hits in popularity. I mean, there's not one person that doesn't know who Willie Nelson is to this day. And the man is still torn. The man's... Super ancient, man. He's putting out albums on albums on albums. And he is doing it his way to this day. And that's what you have to respect so much. Because Willie Nelson hasn't conformed to Music Row. He's done his own thing and he's done amazing with it. And that's why he belongs in the Mount Rushmore of males. Number three. So, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out. The Carter family is one of the most prestigious groups of all time. But I will not throw them in the Mount Rushmore for the fact of... And the reason is they are a group. And they are a group of multiple different singers. Could I do a Mount Rushmore on groups of country music? Absolutely, I could. Not today, though. Not today. So... My Mount Rushmore will leave out people like that. So, 
Let's see here, man. Uh, I, I mean, I gotta go Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard's like the definition of country music. To the bone, to the brim, to the grit. Songs about mama. Songs about love. Songs about heartache. Songs about prison. Songs about everything. Merle Haggard is the accompanist. He is the country music reincarnated in a human being. That's I don't know what else to say. And there's not a soul that I talk to these days that that's into country music that hasn't told me, yeah, I was listening to Merle Haggard with my mom and dad, my grandpa, and that's how I got into country music. But that's how I got into country music, was listening to the local radio station and then hear my grandpa talk about Merle Haggard and talk about how much he loved him, how amazing he was, his life story, what he's been through, and... All his songs hit so hard, and there's not only just a different variety for everybody, from Mama Tried, from a prison song, uh, to if we make it through December, talking about just trying to get by to put shoes on your family's feet when they're freezing during Christmas time when everybody else is getting these prestigious, gifted toys, right? So... Merle Haggard has to be in there. He's got the three pillars. He's got the lyrical genius. He's got the amazing influence on future artists. And number one hits has a amazing catalog. One of the best catalogs of all time. His popularity, can't talk enough about it. I mean, literally. The Rolling Stones, I do believe, put him number one on their list. And, of course, their list is a little bit more uh, liberal in value and not liberal and po like political, but just talking about taking the whole arc of country music, taking it from Hank Williams Sr. all the way to current day, right? They might throw in a few country people from currently today that are doing really good billboard chart-wise, but the influence that Merle Haggard has had on generations on generations... Mind-numbing. Absolutely mind-numbing. And then here comes the last spot. And then you have so many people that come to mind. you got people like Alan Jackson. you got people like George Jones. you got people like Ernest Tubb. you got people like Lefty Frizzell. you got people like Waylon Jennings, Johnny, David Allen Coe, Johnny Cash. There's so many names. That could go in this last spot. And that's why I detest this essential rating system of the Mount Rushmore. Because everybody has different songs for different moods for different moments. But if we're talking just about the country music, Mount Rushmore, I'm giving my last spot to Johnny Cash. When I think of country music, there's one artist that comes to mind, in my mind, 100% of the time, it's got to be Johnny Cash. It's just something about when he goes up to the microphone and says, Hello, my name's Johnny Cash. Goes into, insert the chorus to Folsom Prison Blues. It's just iconic. There's probably not a more iconic name out there for country music 
that's universally known through all genres, even people that don't listen to country music, they know who Johnny Cash is. The, he's a pop, not necessarily an icon pop-wise, but Americana-wise, right? You go into Walmart, you can find shirts of Johnny Cash. You don't find shirts of Waylon, Hank Williams Sr. You don't find, you know, you don't see a lot of stuff like that. But you see a lot of Cash, because he's just Americana at this point. He holds those three pillars in the instrumental. The lyrical mind and songwriting mind of Johnny Cash is absolutely brilliant. If you've not listened to, uh, there's a Spotify album about songs that Cash has wrote but never got to record because he died. I won't say he died necessarily early. He died fairly early because, he, of course, it's been well documented, his uh his life, his uh, his drug, his alcoholism. I mean, he he went through some stuff, and he died a little bit early, uh, a little bit more earlier than you know what we probably should deserve for Johnny Cash and for us, because there's no telling how many more amazing songs he would put out. Because my God, man, hurt one of his best songs is at the later ends of his life. So he was always an amazing songwriter. And even if he wasn't living up, or if he wasn't able to perform, because the last few like performances he did, he had to be helped on stage and everything, I think Johnny Cash could have been a great mind in writing country music and being able to be a, have a hand in new songs for other artists who... Man, just think about all the opportunities. And I think about that with Johnny Horton and fair and young, and other people that passed away fairly young. And uh, for different reasons, some suicide, some from drug abuse, some from accidents. There's no telling how big Johnny Cash could have gotten, even in his later years, because of what kind of icon he is now. He probably would be up there with, like, our current, like, when you think of people like, I would say one of the most popular bands of all time has to be Nirvana, right? There's not usually a day that I will go that I don't see a person wear a Nirvana t-shirt. Like, a Smells Like Teen Spirit t-shirt, right? There's usually doesn't go a day. But that is where I'm at, man. And that's where I think Johnny Cash has to hold that last spot. And I kind of painted myself into a corner that way, and that's how I made it easier on myself because I said, if I go ahead and get the first three picks other than Johnny Cash out of the way, I have to silify it with Johnny Cash at the end, and there's no wiggle room. So that is my two Mount Rushmores of country music, for better or for worse. And, of course, that could change day by day. Um, And then, of course, you know, if... I think it would be easier to go through and do generational Mount Rushmore. So like the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. Being able to do it that way would be a lot more encompassing to country music and being able to really show the respect to people that do deserve it because there's people who get trimmed over, who get looked over every single day. And I think it's very unfair. And I think they deserve the light of day. And that's what this podcast is all about. So... If you are looking for artists that have not been talked about in previous circles, 
I'm not going to sit here and talk about Johnny Cash all the time. I'm not going to sit here and talk about Willie, Merle, Waylon, Highwaymen, Alan Jackson. I'm going to talk about those people that fly underneath the radar either today or from the past. I'm going to be talking about Ernest Tubb. I'm going to be talking about Farron Young. I'm going to be talking about people like Brian Martin. People like Brother Wilson, who I just went to see in Greensboro. I mean, there's so many. This world has... How many people does this world have? Some would say too many. There are billions of people in this world. Billions. Out of those billions, there are, I'd say, hundreds of thousands of artists universally out there. And I would say at least 90% of them, probably more than 90%, but 90% of them are undiscovered, are out there doing their own thing, trying to make it big, or just trying to sing the songs that matter to them. And they're not being pushed either on the grand scheme of the radio, commercially, or they're just not being able to be discovered yet. And they will get their day, maybe. But that's where we're at, right? This is country music. And this is what my podcast is about. I'm here to show you what it's about, what country music's about, and pushing those artists that you may not necessarily hear all the time, along with some of the staple icons, to be able to talk about country music and what it is yesterday, today, and in the future. And if that's what you're about, right, if that's what you're looking for in a podcast, you've come to the right place. And make sure, if you do like this episode or any past episodes, or if you're looking to the future episodes, first of all, first thing you can do for me is check the link tree out in the description. It has everything associated with the podcast. It's got the people that have done the wonderful intro with the fiddle solo and the steel guitar and the rhythm guitar and the drums. And then it's got the merch store. So if you want to buy a shirt to support not only the podcast, but just country music in general, because every single shirt that I do make, I make themed around country music. It says either saving country music, talking about country music, making country music references, and that's what it's all about for me, because yes, I think it's cool to have a t-shirt or whatever that has my logo on it that I can wear to a concert and say, hey, No, this is my podcast, but on top of that, what the podcast is actually about and what I am about. And everything that is paid for merch-wise, merch is such a cringy word, shirt-wise, is put back into the podcast. I literally, the money that I've, I've actually sold a few things and people have been really happy about the stuff that they got, like the quality, and I know I'm very happy with the one that I got and I'll be making a another sample order here toward too long here before too long but everything that I get goes back into the podcast like I just paid the believe it or not I I don't talk about this a lot but it does cost money to produce this podcast um there's cost and stuff that go to it every single day T-shirt designs, of course, are a cost that I put on myself. I don't necessarily have to have those out, but they're really 
great to have. Of course, money in regards to microphone, for the podcasting hosting, there's a fee for that. To hold the shop open for the merch, there's a fee for that as well. On top of that, there is essentially the whole premise of, yeah, I could run ads all the time, but I don't want to do that for you guys because I know how frustrating YouTube ads are to me. Like, they make me want to beat myself over the head with a sledgehammer. And maybe in the future, here down the road, I'll put an ad or two in here. And then I'll apologize ahead of time. But there are certain costs that come with making these. And these costs, I cover because I enjoy doing the podcast. And I do it because I enjoy it and no other reason. And when I get guests on, I hope they can see that what I really want out of the whole situation of this podcast is to promote those artists that are out there doing their thing. And that's what I'm here for. And I am 100% on that train trying to do my best and also not just supporting them, but also supporting the artists that made them want to chase this dream. So, if you haven't, make sure if you uh, if you like listening to the podcast, check out all the socials. They're all on the link trick as well, along with the merch shop. And on top of that, they have the link to the podcast that has every single Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, every single platform that I have on there. It's you can click it and. If you want to, if you want those shows to automatically download, you can set that up. You can follow a show and set them to automatically download so you can have them on the road when you don't have any internet connection at all. I listen to podcasts all the time. I love a couple of Cody Jinx. I listen to those on the way. I used to listen to a whole bunch of Stone Cold Steve Austin podcasts and stuff, but that's how I was able to listen to that kind of stuff, but... On top of that, guys, thank you so much for putting so much time into me and effort, and I hope that I am worth every bit of it, and I work so hard every single day at work, come home, then I sit here and try to think of amazing ideas to entertain you guys for 30 to 40 minutes where we can forget about this screwed up world and we can enjoy some country music together. So, all right, I'm out of here. Peace out. Keep country music alive, baby. See ya.